Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And I want to tell you about a situation that I experienced recently in my life. When I asked somebody if they had taken the vaccine and they said, no, I will never take the vaccine. I am, pers- I am instead dealing with vitamin C and echinacea. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, and 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 part Does of the vitamin C stand for COVID. No, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, COVID would like to thank all of you who are against taking the vaccine, and would actually like to come by and give you a a, a thank you in person, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe coming to see you very soon. I can't believe that we've gotten through a year plus of a global pandemic, millions of people killed, and still people are like. Ah, no, I'll take my chances with COVID rather than that vaccine. You know, it's like they would rather take their chances with a McNugget, right? With a McNugget than they would a vaccine. You don't know what the fuck is in a McNugget. And as a matter of fact, just recently, it had to be legislated to actually use meat, but that didn't stop anybody from fucking eating it. <laughs> as long if if there's so people are like, I don't know what's in it. And this becomes one of those things that you just sort of throw out to derail the conversation because, you know, most of us in these conversations are not scientists, so we can't. But I actually did the work and Googled. Mm -hmm. It took me all of a few seconds to Google. And what is actually in the COVID vaccine is very simple. Hold on. Please tell us. (laughs) What is in the COVID vaccine leads to a link that says a simple breakdown of the ingredients in the COVID vaccines. And it actually goes through each one and not to uh, waste your time because they're all very (laughs) simple. The Pfizer COVID vaccine is made of the following ingredients. MRNA. (laughs) (laughs) It's the active ingredient. Oh, by the way, Danielle. Yes. mRNA. There's no echinacea. D- no. no, there's okay. no robitussin. There's no echinacea. No, no coconut oil. No shea butter moisturizer. There's, Got I'm it. sorry. Keep going. But it, mRNA does not alter your DNA. Oh, <laughs> so weird. There's also interesting lipids. Uh huh. Salts. Uh huh. Sugar. That's it. Fascinating. Basic table I... sugar, also known as sucrose, mm-hmm. salts, potassium mm-hmm. chloride, monobasic potassium phosphate, sodium chloride, debasic sodium phosphate dehydrate, and lipids, which includes cholesterol and some other shit I cannot pronounce. And this is not like complicated. This was a also. I just keep saying to people who make these stupid declarations, I don't know what's in it. You don't know what's in a majority of the shit you put in your Come body. On. Right? And, and there's a reason for that because Congress in cahoots 
with, you know, uh, companies don't want you to know what is in shit, right? Like, so you go to the supermarket every fucking day and you buy, you know, the box of X. Are you looking at the nutritional value? Do you know what uh, glucose number nine is? No. So where somebody says, we don't know what's in it. Do you know what was in the Sudafed that you took today? Because you have allergies. Do you know what was in the NyQuil that you took last night so that you could get rid of the sniffles? No, you did not. But let's not even go that far. This is the era of Google. These questions are knowable. So to just put a question like that on the table is only meant to derail the conversation. You're not actually looking for answers because there's Google. There are doctors. There are nurses in our lives. We can find doctors and nurses on Twitter all the time. Just throw out a question. Hey, doctors and nurses on Twitter, what's in the COVID vaccine? Go on to Google. If your position is, I can't trust Google, then we have a problem where we're dealing with the same thing that the right is dealing with in terms of we cannot believe any institutional sources. So now we just believe, I don't know what sources you get. I mean, like, this is this is kind of bizarre in that the left is showing its aversion to truth and reality and actual institutional things that could make a valuable difference in our lives. I mean, the thing that is pissing me off is this, the New York Times report that came out this week that says America is never going to reach herd immunity. Never. Because in order for us to reach herd immunity, which means that we are rid of COVID-19, right? 70% of the population needs to be vaccinated. It is why this administration is now working with Pfizer and others to get the 12 to 15 year olds vaccinated, right? Because the idea is like, folks, we could be rid of COVID by the time the summer ends, but Republicans and white evangelical Christians who are this one and the same are saying to you, no, Tucker Carlson told me that I shouldn't get the vaccine. Joe Rogan. He told me to beat up small children on playgrounds with masks. Take your mask Right? Off. Like, don't y'all I, want a hot so, girl summer? Don't y'all want I just don't, don't want under, like it. Like, what do you think the appeal is to give to people for them to get the vaccine? Like, one of the doctors that I have on, he goes, let's just tell all Republican white men that you'll have a four-hour erection as a result of the fucking COVID-19, like uh, as a result of the vaccine. Tell them that taking it will own the libs. That will move them. They'll do anything to own the libs. I mean, maybe if there was like a, a a concert by Beyonce that was only for vaccinated people, not to be televised. You have to be vaccinated and show your vaccine card to get into this, (laughs) to get into this concert. And Jay-Z and Beyonce are going to perform their asses off like they never have. Somebody said to me in this And Blue Ivy is going to walk you to your seats. See, I, li- I like this plan. Somebody said to me in this conversation that I had that they were skeptical of taking the vaccine because it had been promoted and marketed to Black people too aggressively. And like, while I understand the skepticism, and I understand... because of the history of medical racism and racism in America. And I actually also understand the appeal of skepticism itself because skepticism seems like you're being intelligent, just being skeptical. Like I'm not trusting what I'm being told, but skepticism for skepticism's sake does not make any sense. The reason why they have worked hard to market this to black people is for two reasons. Black people have been more vulnerable and suffering from this more than other communities. And black people have been telling pollsters from before the vaccine was done that they were more concerned and skeptical about it than other groups. So from the beginning, it was like, we have to make sure that black people get it. Uh, They don't want it. Somebody said that somebody had died from taking the vaccine. Nope. No Why? one no one has died from taking the vaccine. Not a single person. 50 million Americans have been vaccinated. Do you know how many of them have died because of the vaccine? Zero. Zero. Somebody 598,000 have... Americans however are dead. Why? Because of COVID-19. 
Well, I mean, some people may have taken the vaccine and subsequently died. It doesn't prevent death. It prevents death from COVID. But nobody's dying from the vaccine. And it is extremely dangerous. You know, people who are like, I don't know the long-term effects of it. I'm very nervous of it. Like, that's one thing. And it and it hurts my soul to hear Black people sort of have a thesis and then find flimsy, fake evidence to bolster your thesis. But you don't want to take it where nobody's forcing you to. But you, you, you are entitled to your own opinion. You are not entitled to your own facts. Nobody yes, has I mean, died from hmm. this, period. It does not rearrange your DNA. There is no government tracker inside of it. I mean, like, these are real are sure, things. That are you people... sure that, you know, Bill Gates didn't put a chip in there, you know, because he's angry about his upcoming divorce? Like, are you sure? Bill Gates is about to have hot boy summer. He is not. I mean, let is, me tell you something. He's not mad about a thing. He is single and free and ready to bingle. And neither is his wife, because in Washington State, guess what you get? Half. <laughs> so what's half of a hundred and... $50 billion? I mean, you know, they've been married 27 years. So, you know, she's half, she's, she's fully half. It's the, I'm just, I, I wish you know, I had that problem. I, I didn't think we would get to the, almost the end of the pandemic. And a bunch of people would be like, eh. I mean, like what, what would COVID want you to do? <laughs> Nothing. COVID would want That's you what to COVID not would take the vaccine. I mean, can you imagine you get to like the movie, you get to the end of the movie and it's like, okay, we found the cure. And and like half of the population is like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take my chances with COVID. Do do you remember the movie Outbreak? I do. Do you remember the, okay. So the movie Outbreak, the movie Contagion, which movies that I will not watch now, but apparently like they're awesome. Right. But the reality is, is that the government did a better job in those movies than they did in real life. Right. Because they were able to, you know, shut down full towns. They were able to do the most in Outbreak in order to keep people safe. In America, however, if Outbreak had been our reality, as the buses were rolling in to get people to safety, there would have been Trumpers like poking holes in the vans of the uh, the van tires in order to just stay where they are. We have the freedom to die. That's, would, that's what, but, that's but what it, they would have said. If it was just Trumpers, that would be one thing. And I would be like, I you know, I really don't care. They deserve what they get. I really don't care. If only. But when you're talking about Black people who have suffered so much from this already more than other communities and coming up with i'm sorry fairly ignorant reasons to not take the vaccine if you had a real genuine medical scientific based reason to not take it i i could rock with you but you know i just hear such bogus reasons and i'm sorry you don't know the long term effect is not an intelligent uh, scientific-based response. This was not rushed, okay? This is based on science around vaccines that they have been working on for 10 years. And there's this notion of like, well, a vaccine must take 10 years to develop. Let's put a little meat on the bones there. Generally, Mm -hmm. you have one or two researchers who are working on a particular vaccine because there's not a ton of money in it. If you got Mm -hmm. thousands of scientists around the globe working under tremendous pressure from multiple governments, sharing information based on the knowledge that we've already acquired over the last 10 years of dealing with other, the previous 18 coronaviruses, the history of working with mRNA vaccines, they could figure it out pretty quickly. It's not necessary to take 10 years if you have a global crew of smart people who are like, drop what you're doing and focus on this. It's not that hard. The notion, you know, I love people who are like, it was rushed. When was the last time you saw the global medical community and scientific community say, hey. Unite under anything. Like, because we have never been in this situation before. I just, 
you know, I, I feel that a majority of people are stupid. I feel like, you know, because I have this conversation all the time on my other show, Woke AF. Oh, yeah. And and shut up. And I have this conversation and Dr. Jonathan Metzl, who comes on, says to me that we as Democrats need to stop saying that folks are uneducated if they don't want to take the vaccine, that they are that 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 us demeaning them is going to get them to where we need to be, that we need to figure out how to sell to all of these different pockets of people. So he has interviewed, you know, white folks all over the place. Right. And, and they've said, well, you know, maybe if somebody would give me a free box of nine millimeter bullets, then I would go and get the vaccine. These are things that people are saying, well, if you give me, you know, uh, a free soda or a free donut or free whatever, then maybe I'll go and get the vaccine. And so, I mean, to, to his point, I think that we actually, you know, I tell people that they're stupid all the time because, you know, I can. But the reality is, is that as a government, Democrats are never good at messaging or selling their ideas. The ideas are great, but they are horrible fucking salespeople. You look on the other side, Donald Trump was an incredible salesman. The product was bullshit. He was. Right? He was. So it's like, when are we going to take what works on the right in terms of their salesmanship and be able to place that on what on our products? Right? I think that we continue to miss the mark here and think that public health and public safety is going to be what gets people to get the shot. And that's not enough. I think, that, and that's unfortunate, but it's not enough. I think there's something endemic to the two products that are being sold that leads to their efficacy and our problem in selling. In that, I believe that democratic ideas tend to be more nuanced and relatively complex, you know, and they're going to generally involve some. You know, well, if then, but we they have to be explained. Their ideas are quite often not based on reality. Um, they are based on political infighting. Um, they mm-hmm. are based on a very simple gut level appeal to the audience rather than a more heady, nuanced, subtle appeal of a democratic or progressive idea. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's not it's 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 apples and oranges you know i think about them saying uh you know we don't want death we say, we say every american should have the access to health care okay but you know how what well let's explain how we're going to do it and we're going to do it this way and we want to include the private market you want to just have single payer so we're going to do it. So we're so now we're it's a complicated story. The Republicans just come and say, I don't want your socialized medicine. Well, it's not socialized medicine. I don't want your death panels. There are no death panels. But now we've just gotten to two very deep emotional appeals. The word socialist is deeply triggering for Americans. The notion of death panels is very triggering for most Americans. And they can immediately see it. They can immediately see a group of people who are going, no, you don't get to live. That was never, ever part of anyone's conception. So our ability to sell things in that level of quickness and clarity is difficult to impossible because our ideas are more honest, nuanced, and complex. Are they? Are they that nuanced? Are they that complex? Wear a fucking mask so that you don't kill your grandmother. Where, you know, go get vaccinated now that we have vaccines because you want so desperately to go back to life as quote unquote normal. Like the, you know these what? are, these but issues you know what? are, these you know issues are not, about? Are, are not complex. You know what we talk about? We talk about let women control their bodies. This is a very complex emotional issue, right? Like let the mother of the, of a pregnant mother do whatever she wants. Well, what about the third trimester? What about the first round? What about, blah, 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 blah. What, let trans children be. I said it very mm. simply, but mm. it's much more be. complex mm-hmm. than that. 
you know, like, mm-hmm. well, should they, I mean, right now we're dealing with, should they get to play sports? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, go, like, let them live. Well, what bathroom will they be in? And what will they do when they're in there? Like, are you kidding me? They're not the enemy. You know, uh, our our position on guns is complicated. It's nuanced. You know, I'm not here to take away everyone's guns. I'd love to. Pro- 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 but that's me. Privately, I am. But publicly, I don't say that because it rises <laughs> out of the conversation. Their position is any gun, anywhere, anytime, bars, churches, AR-15s, whatever, I get to do whatever I want because that's what the founders said. And we're like, well, you know, let's have some registration. Let's have some rules. Let's, you know, our position is more nuanced and complicated. Um it's, it's, Let's also it's, understand, Torre, just just so we know that living in a blue state is not protecting us from the the crazy gun rights folks, because the Supreme Court is taking up legislation to dictate that New York in New York City on the subways and in our restaurants and all that AR-15s are going to be A-OK. And well, they are deciding to take that case up instead of kicking it back down and saying, yeah, we're not dealing with this. Well, you're always as safe as the gun laws of the states that are surrounding you, right? Mm. So when, when the right, say, mm-hmm. points to Chicago as some example of gun control laws failing i mean the whole argument is is fake because chicago uh chicago is actually a success they have about they tend to have about half the number of homicides that they had 10 to 20 years ago so the notion of Mm -hmm. chicago is some boogeyman but illinois cannot protect its citizens in chicago and in illinois unless indiana's gun laws and florida's gun laws are more strict because where do you think Chicago's guns are coming from? They're not coming from Chicago. Right. They're coming from Florida. Right. They're coming from right. Indiana. They're coming from other places like that. Kentucky, et cetera. A state like Hawaii has shown us the value of gun laws that the gun, that there's a very, uh, there's not much of a gun culture there. There's very few homicides there. Guns don't tend to, you know, be able to get on the boats and come over. Not certainly not in large numbers. Hawaii's been quite a success story. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition the midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections we all know that our government is broken politicians spend more time working for themselves their big donors and their political party instead of for us we as americans have had enough of the corruption partisan bickering and gridlock look i get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out but i'm here to tell you there's reason for hope our political system is broken now but we can fix it that's why we've partnered with Represent Us 
a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. Um, you know, we see, for some reason, I don't know where this happened, but critical race theory has become a huge boogeyman that the right is very angry and scared of and freaking out about. And what the hell is going on? We just want to talk about reality. And they're like, oh, hell no. Well, we have to understand that the biggest proponent and the biggest industry that upholds white supremacy in this country is our K through 12 public education system and the curriculum that we have that gives black people but a sliver um, you were slaves. There was a civil rights act and then a Barack Obama came, right? <laughs> like that's, that is, that is, and I, 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 as a former educator, that is what history looks like in, a, in America. You have no mention of women, of native, of native Americans, of the contributions that any other group other than white men provided. And so here comes the 1619 project written for the first time American mm. history through the perspective of black people, mm. right? The people who were actually at the, at the end of torture and violence and rape, right? Mm. Let us tell you the history of America outside of the white gaze. Mm. And then all of a sudden white men are just like, oh my God, if we teach children this, then they're going to hate America. Well, what the fuck does that say about America? Come on. Right? Because they are telling on themselves with the fact that the only way to really understand American history is through the through the eyes of the conqueror and not the conquered, right? Mm. Because that was said many, many, uh, uh, like a year or two ago from a, a Jamaican cricket player who said that, that you have to understand that history is about propaganda because all history is written through the perspective of those that are the conquerors and not those that have been conquered. When you learn about the Vietnam War. If you are in Vietnam, it is called the American War, right? And so sure. we have a very complicated history in these United States. And for centuries, it has only been given to us, spoon fed to us through the prism of what white people want, what other white people to know about whiteness in America. And everybody else is, is second class, right? And that, and that is what you were taught. You were taught that you were less than. When you were taking music class, I can tell you, I, I never I never learned about jazz musicians. I never learned about black classical artists. No, everything that is considered great and exceptional in America is in the hands of white men. So the fear that they have right now is that if you understand the truth, then you will question it. That's why they want to privatize our education. That's why they want to control the curriculum. And that's why they want to defund grants that were given in order to teach this because the more you know the more you question and the more answers you realize they don't fucking have outside of we don't like black people i mean the core thing that i learned from the 1619 project which which blew my mind and rejiggered my understanding of america is that this is a slaveocracy and that this yes. country would not be what it is today if not for slavery, we would not have become independent. We did not have enough money to fight against England, except for the money that we were making having slaves. We would not have become a global economic power, but for the economic engines and, and companies and uh, momentum that was created via slavery. So we, the, to say nothing of the wealth that was created, some of the, many of the corporations that were created, many of the fortunes that were created. So it's not that slavery happened a long time ago. The 
current state of America was constructed, the economic power of America mm-hmm. and many Americans was created in slavery. So you, you cannot divorce this nation, which we think of as the great, and we call it the greatest. And I think what we really mean there is the most powerful nation in the world. And mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm, of militarily, mm-hmm. culturally, politically, there's no question that it's the most powerful nation in the world. Um, the greatest nation in the world? Absolutely not. Not even not even by a shadow of doubt. But I'm sure Tim Scott would say otherwise. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, but just to just to really embrace the depth of which slavery is the soil from which the tree that is America springs Mm -hmm. so we cannot ever divorce american history from slavery it's not just for february it's for all 12 months this is what america is and i understand that the left the right and the white people are very afraid of this because it makes them feel bad it challenges the status quo but listen to the things that they listen to the pushback that's being said in the in in right-wing media about it it's going to teach white children to hate themselves, right? That is how they have come to understand the truth about America, is that by learning about what white people did, what white men did, what white women upheld, oh my God, it's going to make them hate themselves. No, it should make them fucking question their lineage and question the birth of this nation and question why there are so many repercussions that we are still seeing. And experiencing 400 years later for something that you told us was nothing more than an unpaid internship. Right. Right. Because that's what the right would have you understand. Oh, they were part of our families. They were they 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 were such, you know, wonderful things. Would you throw out your tractor? This is in the, the Chelsea Handler interview that happened down in Tallahassee, Florida, with a group of white people doing a a revisionist um uh, of the civil of the Civil War, they're saying, you know, the slaves, like they were part of our family. You know, they were like they were like, you know, the, these good these good suppliers. And and you know, you have a tractor. You're going to fight to keep your tractor. Chelsea Handler's face was like, did you just talk about black people like a tractor, <laughs> like a like a a tractor? Is a tractor part of your family? Also, a tractor is not a human being. Right. If they're part of your family, can they leave? Oh, (laughs) such a good question, Torre. Such a good question. Because family does get up and leave sometimes. They might call you. They'll send a letter. But I'm going to go now. Yeah. I don't think. Are you chained to your chair at Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa? No, I'm pretty sure you could say F you to your family. Could an enslaved African do that? Pretty sure family. not the fucking case. You, I, you but know, I want to say, but this is their you, mindset. Do you, I want to say, do, do you beat your family? <laughs> well, some people do. That's not the best yeah, way of putting yeah, it. That's not the best analogy. <laughs> but yeah. the violence against the slaves, no, they were not family i mean before you say some bullshit like that you should walk through the national museum of african-american history and culture and i mean it which is an amazing journey um you you start in the basement and move Mm -hmm. through black history before you get higher in the building and you get to choose different cultural uh, manifestations of what's going on but you start off with a with a singular journey through the 1400s, the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, and not just the pain of enslavement, though they do mm-hmm. touch on that, but also the efforts of resistance. I, yes. I had studied Black history. I was a Black history major in college. And even then, we were not taught the depth and the amount and how early they were resisting and fighting back. Um, like, we are getting out of here, meet in the town square. This is some bullshit. We got to go. We got to fight back. We got to kill them. We got to, like, I mean, like, you know, and, and I took great 
pride and yet had great sadness thinking about them being like, oh, hell no, we got to get out of here. And thinking like, it's not going to work out for you guys. And it's really tragic, but I'm glad to see that you're fighting. Um, but once again, that that warrior spirit, mm. we were denied as a part of our history. Right. Right. Like the way that the way that our the part of our history as black people has been taught in this country. Again, it is these very docile, very, you know, yeah. very um, demeaned enslaved African people, yeah. right? Not the fighters, not the warriors. We don't hear those stories. Those are not the people that white America chooses to celebrate, right? Instead, we erected monuments to Confederate soldiers. Instead, we erected monuments to the people that wanted to keep us enslaved, right? And allow them to build fucking highways, you know, and high schools, Robert E. Lee and, and, and the rest of them. Like, that's America. America is a fucking mess ain't there some right? shit so, that they would that they're comfortable having the fake history of the confederacy splashed all over the country through the monuments and the, the flags roads. and all this mm -hmm. bullshit and we're like well look can we talk about the real history what really happened no no, no. no. Whoa. Slow then you're down. anti you're anti-American Tory. And I'm not racist that I don't want that discussed. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, yeah. you are. Yeah, you are. Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, and the rest of you. Look, yeah. you don't yeah, have you are. To, you don't have to be angry and mean to be racist. When you are working in service of white supremacy, you mm -hmm. are being racist and i think we should all think about <clears throat> when we use the term racism a lot of people get confused and they think of what we would call microaggressions and they think black people can say mean things and use certain words white people can say mean things and use certain words that's not what i'm talking about i don't really give a shit about that i'm talking about systemic racism mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm talking about white privilege which rewards whiteness and penalizes blackness, perpetuating white supremacy. And that system is one that black people can and do aid and abet. The yes. notion that black people can't be racist is insane. Can you work to aid white supremacy? Yes, you can. Candace Owens. Candace Owens. Clarence Thomas. Uh, Tim Scott. Tim Scott. I mean, you know, Vernon Jones. And let's talk about the Vernon Jones. Let's talk about let's talk about something real quick, because the retort has been coming back at us. Well, Kamala Harris said that racism doesn't America's not inherently racist. What about that? Ooh, I wish you could see Daniel's face. <laughs> she just gave the super shade to that face to that idea. Let's talk about it. How is Kamala? in that moment, different than Tim Scott in his moment? Because as black women, as a, as a black woman, as uh, an API woman, as the first female vice president of the United States, the fact that Kamala Harris can't speak the truth shows you that America is a racist country. She has to walk a fine line of still having to placate to white America Right. While black America has to then say to themselves, well, you know, the sister's in the highest position in, in the world. The entire world is looking at her. She can't turn around and say that America is a racist country, because guess what? The right is going to take that little soundbite. They're going to play it over and over and over again. And if she's running in 2024 or running on the ticket again as vice president, that ain't going to happen. Right. Like, that's the reality. Tim Scott. You know, he's he is white supremacy's mascot, right? Like they touted that motherfucker out there and he should be ashamed of himself. Touted him out there talking about, look at me, I've been pulled over too. But I know that there are so many good cops. And I'm like, the word that I want to use, I won't. But I'm like, really, really, Senator Scott, you think that if you were pulled over in, let's say, Mitch McConnell's Kentucky, that you wouldn't end up like, Every single other oh, black man oh, that please. gets pulled over, you think oh, you please. think that somehow you would have been like, look, 
Look, sir, I too am a Republican. I too uphold whiteness. He, he, like you think that that you wouldn't have been riddled with bullets? Get the fuck get, out of he here. Could get, he, he, it could happen to him in his in his home state if his detail leaves him for ten minutes and he drives home on the wrong highway. But no, the context is incredibly important. Tim Scott yes. said, "I'm going to take this moment of the retort to the president's State of the Union." This is this is technically not the State of the Union because it's his first one. Joint this session. Is, is joint and say America is not a racist country. Kamala was not in the midst of some big national speech. No. She was asked because Tim Scott said it, and Tim Scott says it in the midst of being a Republican, a party that is trying very desperately to uphold white supremacy. So he is working as a good soldier for white supremacy. As you said, the vice president of the United States cannot, in 2021, say America is inherently racist. Barack Obama could not have said that when he was still hoping to get votes at some point in the future. Maybe, maybe in the second term when he's like, I'm never running for anything again. Maybe then. But that's a high bar. That's something for activists to say. And you know what? I have no doubt, and I think most black people have no doubt, that if you caught Kamala privately and was like, yeah, she'd be like, of course I know that America is inherently racist. But Do you know what I wish that her rebuttal would have been? And I don't remember his name, but the white male senator, there's so many of them, Republicans, <laughs> that she served with before she actually, before they won the presidency in a Trump rally, got up and mispronounced her name on purpose, Kamala, 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 whatever. And in response to vice president, do you believe that America is a racist country? I would have said, um, you know what? You should direct that question to Mitch McConnell, his pushback against the 1619 Project. You should direct that question to that guy, the senator who decided to mispronounce my name, even though we've been working side by side for the last three to four years. You may want to ask that question to Donald Trump, who said that there are good people on both sides. Like when we, when we saw Nazis march down in Charlottesville. Why is it the why is the question about whether or not America is a racist country, racist country always asked of the marginalized as opposed to the people that are in that are in power? I'm confused. Like. I wish that you would be nuanced enough to turn those questions, those bullshit questions on their head and direct them to the people that they should be directed. I mean, that's what I wish that she would have done. But I have no expectation that white people would have a significant awareness to know that it is an inherently racist country. That said, I bet Joe Biden at the right moment, would be able to say it. I bet Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. at the right moment, would say it. Mm-hmm. I bet Bill Clinton would say it. So there are, so there, there's some, there is, which you alluded to earlier, there's a freedom that these white people have to say that. That if we said that and then later asked white people for their vote, we would be in deep trouble. And we would be, right. and we would not be. A, so, so you know, a vice president who hopes to become president one day, she can't say that. And I understand no. that. I understand that. And I want to see what she does over the next few years, and when she's running for president, and you know, God forbid, when she becomes president, God willing, when she becomes president, are you then able to look at and help black people? And no. then we'll see how you really <laughs> like- feel. I'm like, there there is never going to be, you know, Biden came the closest, right? In his address to the joint session when he said, I don't mean, I don't need her to say it. I want to see your action. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. 
immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. But I'm just saying, he said America has had its knee on the necks of black people since the beginning. Kamala Harris would have never been able to say that ever. And so the hope is, yes, do we want to create policies that will help close the gaps that we see in this country, whether it be housing and jobs and healthcare and wellness and all of those things? Absolutely. But any time that we do targeted shit, for other groups that are historically marginalized and oppressed, white people go up in arms and they spread feces in the Capitol building. So, like, you know, I, I, I'm i at a loss for what a person of color, the next person of color, if there is one, to become president of the United States is actually going to be able to do. I, I have no idea because every time we, we are living in the midst of the white lash of Barack Obama's presidency, yes, yes, right? Like yes. that's that's where we are. So, you know, Lord only knows. I talked about this in my book, Who's Afraid of Post-Blackness? Because a lot of black politicians talked about this, that black politicians in particular have to somehow make a deal with white people that I won't be here as a black politician, that I yep. won't be here for black people, I'm going to be here for all of my constituents and nobody Mm -hmm. else, perhaps women feel the necessity of, of making that same sort of pledge to the voters, but other races and ethnicities, they don't have to say like, I'm not going to be here just for Asian people. I'm not going to be here just for Jewish people. They don't need to say these sorts of things. So for Kamala to say that would be a polit- would be political suicide for her. She would yep. never hear anything else from the right. Um, I understand, and I think folks, I think the moment slides and, and sort of dissipates because most black people understand that she probably, in private, in her heart, believes. Of course, of course, it is. I went to Howard. Of course it is. And of course I understand that. And of course I understand the systems and how they actually work. Of course I do. And Tim Scott, he doesn't understand. He, I think he truly believes that systemic racism is not something that exists because he does not understand systemic racism, partly because it is in his professional best interest, interest not, to not, not understand to. it. Yes, 100%. I, I, you know... We we also have to understand that there is financial incentive for black Republicans, right? Like there is a financial incentive for them to be these tap dancing, you know, Absolutely. mascots, right? Yeah. Like, and if either one of us had decided to wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what, democracy ish, no, we're going to go with, you know, MAGA America as our new podcast and go hard. We would be millionaires multiple times over. Well, wait, how would I'm curious because I have thought about this. I have talked about like how how, how long would it take? Because we're like known progressives. So mm-hmm. how like how, what do you what would we have to do? Would we have to like give a speech where we're yes. like we have seen the light. Progressives are wrong. Republicans yes. and conservatism is right. We believe yes. in lesser taxes racism what were we thinking it doesn't exist it ended with barack obama like mm-hmm. like we, we have to like recite the whole line we would just do a big ig live right and just like go and then share it 
And instantly, I'm I'm pretty sure we would have GoFundMe's. Instantly. Instant. Oh, oh, so, so oh GoFundMe. So you're even talking about the, the people would take care of us, not even yeah. like the institutions on the right. Cause like would does Fox call right away? Like, like I, would, I think they call right away. I think you get a show. Right away. Torres MAGA America. <laughs> but yeah. they're built, they're booked. They're, 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 they're 24-hour schedule. They don't have then people don't leave over there. Greg Gutfeld's been there for years. Brian Ducey's <laughs> been there for years. Like they don't people don't like the afternoon shuffled around a couple of years. Like, but I mean, like, you know, the last major thing They'll was when fucking you, Bill O'Reilly dropped out, like because he had to. You know, I just, you know, there, there are there are many times when I look at my bank account and I wish that I didn't have a conscience. And I wish that, like, I could just sell my soul, right? Like, because sometimes I wonder, how much is my soul actually worth, right? Um, but I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I don't know how Tim Scott watched the replay of himself looking like a fucking fool and said that, oh, yeah, I did a great job. All of that so Mitch McConnell could pat him on his little bald-ass head. So see, like, think, it's just, I it's, that, it's disgusting. I think, Repo- but- I think elected officials will do anything to get reelected because they ain't the only difference between a hooker and a hoe is the fee that is what they are but candace owens is just in it for a check yeah so how do you sleep being like yeah it's cool like black people are constantly like you're the devil like i'm sure she walks down the street and people yell at her like you're the devil you ain't shit like if if I saw her in a restaurant, I mean, I, I would. I, if I saw her in a restaurant, I would break decorum and be like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit." I would heckle the fuck out of her. Right. Like I would heckle the fuck out. And of her. And I'm sure this happens. I could see black people walking by her table, being like, "Bitch, you ain't shit." But where is she going? Where black people are? <laughs> that's the funny. That's the funny thing. Where the oh, fuck where, you think Candace Owens oh, is going? Where, where there are black people? We're everywhere, Danielle. What do you mean? What, really? you, what is this world? We're not every. We're not everywhere where Candace Owens is going. Trust and believe. I mean, trust and believe. If so, it's only because she's afraid of ever running into black people. Because of sure course, she's got to go to a restaurant eventually. You have to go to an event eventually. There are many a times that I have been in restaurants and been the only black person in there. Right, like so. I, I trust and believe. She is, you know, staying within her little white box. The probably the only time that she goes to see a black person is when she gets her weave done. And if I were that person, I would be using gorilla glue on that bitch. You know, let it ride. Thank you for listening to Democracy Is. <laughs> we cannot go any higher than that. We're spiking the football. We're getting out of here. I'm Torre, and I'm Danielle Moody. And we'll be back next week with a big tub of glue, Gorilla Glue. <laughs> gorilla Glue. Candace Owens, it has your name on it.